You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brain, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of GeesTurnTheCouch.com. And I am a little emotional today, probably not as emotional as I will be in a week's time, but there are obvious reasons for that that we're going to talk about in a sec. Um, This episode's going to focus on just taking that Cleveland series, especially last night's game, since we haven't really talked about that. So we're going to talk about the bullpen in the second half, I think, but this episode's focus is going to be on Marcus Stroman and what many are calling his last start in Toronto as a member of the Blue Jays. And it was tough. It was tough not to watch that with like a sense of ennui. Just just knowing the end is near. It's it's like that old fable about uh the man trapped on a branch on a cliff with a tiger on either side and he finds a strawberry and he eats it. And it's the most delicious strawberry of his life. I think a lot of people felt that way with Marcus Stroman last night. Like it was, it was a beautiful start for Marcus Stroman, even if the result doesn't reflect that. Cause unfortunately the Blue Jays could not do what they did yesterday Terry Francona was not messing around and let his starter finish the job last night. But again, as much as Shane Bieber tried to pull the spotlight away, and in a way he did with the one hitter, thankfully Eric Sogard broke it up early enough to kind of keep it from spiraling out of control. And I will take credit for that for just, ruthlessly going after that last name on Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, it's notorious, especially up here. So that that's what's going to happen, Shane. I'm sorry. You can win all the All-Star MVPs you want. You're still going to be compared to one of the more repugnant humans out there. But Marcus Stroman was as good as we've seen him. And and that's kind of what you can say about him. Like, he, he's always been that guy who has never been afraid of the spotlight. And with the eyes of baseball upon him as he makes these starts, you could tell he was just feeling himself. He was the Stroman that Toronto fans have become accustomed to seeing and he was not shy about any of it last night um the image posted afterwards just saying this is my house it will be his house for a long time like outside of demar de rosen and and that's that's where i think this comparison is outside of DeMar DeRozan Toronto hasn't had an athlete 
fully adopt Toronto as his home the way Marcus Stroman has. Um, you can you can say Matt Sundin maybe in the 90s, but between DeRozan and Stroman, there was a lot of love for this city. And again, Marcus Stroman's a guy with a CN Tower tattoo on his rib cage. He is a starter that will go out and perform basically every time. And for for Toronto fans, that that's one of the things that endeared himself to him. And and it was tough seeing the quotes that Strowman had after that game. Just he he showed such appreciation, such love to the Toronto fans that that gave it back to him. As as contentious as the relationship has been at times with some fans, obviously not liking the outspokenness, but that that's going to be baseball's classic divide anyway. The old school, shut your mouth, do your job kind of athletes against the new school, show your emotion, show your pride, and and go out and entertain new school, which one guess which side I fall on. But again, Strowman, Strowman summed it up. He He said it could be his last outing. He's always been an emotional pitcher. He's had a good tenure as a Blue Jay. He He's come to terms with the front office making zero efforts to sign him, which, again, just, just mind-blowingly stupid that there hasn't even been an offer, if that's the case. But he's ready to dominate wherever that may be, absolutely dominate, and... He's given no reason to show he's not set to dominate. And I I don't want to turn this into a Stroman tribute episode because he's he's still here for the moment. He is still on his team. We will tribute when we come to that bridge. But he once again, I, I don't think he said anything that could really be denied. And that that was one of the things like I was always kind of irked about when I saw the fan base. Like, there goes Marcus Stroman spouting his mouth off again. Like, what is he really saying that's, that's terribly offensive? Saying the team's bad? Yeah, we all know that. Saying the front office isn't making moves to sign veterans? Yeah, they seem to be pretty content to let the kids play. So... No, there there was no way that this wasn't going to be a a peak Strowman performance. I think, especially like given the way he's been pitching lately, like Strowman knows it. Like his his stuff is moving just as good as it ever has. Like his slider is going all over the place in a good way. He's he's vomiting that slider right in there. Um, he's. He's putting his fastball up where it needs to be. He has has been able to keep batters off balance all all month long. And I I get that his value has never been higher. But you know, in in catching up on sports podcasts, which I have to do from time to time because I I just don't have time to listen. Um I I have been been watching uh Tim and well not watching I've been listening to Tim and Sid which has Faisal Kamiza on and Faisal Kamiza has been saying a lot of the things I I think make more sense 
And and I get Tim McAuliffe trying trying to speak from the front office perspective, but again, I like don't give me that competitive window stuff. We've been saying that here all along. Like there there's no way that with with how Marcus Stroman pitches, with his reliance on his movement, and and the the little things he does, throwing off the batter's timing. There, there's no way that can't be effective and into his mid thirties, and I just, I never bought that. And you can, you can say everything you want, and and like the the clubhouse obviously loves him with the with the Vlad Junior anecdote from earlier this week about how how he's like Poppy, they can't trade you, which is freaking cute. I. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just want to hug Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and tell him it's going to be okay. It's not going to be this bad all the time. But there, there is a relationship with Strowman and the city that is, is almost unmatched. Like, like there's Strowman, there's Halliday, and, and then you have to go back to the World Series teams. Like that, that's, that's it. In 25 years, there have been two pitchers who have really captured Blue Jays fans' hearts in a way that has endeared them so much to the city. And one of them's in the Hall of Fame and the other one's pitching like he could earn some consideration in the future. And it, it will be tough to see Marcus Stroman wearing another team's colors because it almost feels like you know you're you're losing it's like it's like it's like seeing your friend post photos on facebook of like this cool hangout they're having in like lake geneva or something and you're you're just sitting there watching it and like you can appreciate that they're having a good time and they're enjoying themselves and doing what they need to do but at the same time you're going to be jealous and just wish you still had what you had so when whenever marcus stroman gets moved and again much like marcus i've pretty much resigned myself to that fact despite despite everything in my brain telling me that logically it shouldn't be happening that that it he should have been extended six months ago it's it's going to be difficult and it's a shame that he didn't go out with a win unfortunately that that blue jays lineup did absolutely nothing against shane bieber but if if it is he will have gone out exactly the way he came in full of confidence full of swagger and just being a part of his environment so fully and having that control of it and that's gonna be tough to see somewhere else so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the other point i wanted to hit from last night's game but just a reminder um if you have a business and you're looking to reach a unique audience in the sports world your ad should be running here i should be saying your words you should be hearing me gush about you the same way i gush about marcus stroman so if you want your company's ad running in this space, get in contact with Locked at LockedOnPodcast.com 
and learn how you can increase your business with some visibility right in this spot. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back. We never left. But, yeah, there is there is one thing that I wanted to mention from last night's game. And, like, it, it became clear that the Blue Jays were not going to have the same kind of magic they did on Tuesday night. Um, especially not with the way the bullpen performed. And, and that's not to slight half the bullpen. Um, Daniel Hudson came out again, uh, gave up a run. His only the third run that Daniel Hudson's allowed since the beginning of June, which is pretty freaking impressive. I don't, I don't think anyone would have had Daniel Hudson be that level of good given how he started his Toronto career. But, in, in addition to Giles and Strowman, Hudson's getting a lot of buzz on the trade market now, similar to how the Blue Jays built up John Axford and San Juano last year. Hudson falling right into that sweet spot of cheap relievers that they're going to flip for someone, and someone pretty good the way Hudson's been pitching. So I, I wanted to take a moment to appreciate that, but also discuss what the heck is going to happen with this Blue Jays team once these arms are subtracted. Because two-thirds of the pitchers who pitched last night, very strong odds that they're not going to be here uh, to pitch next week. And the other one showed why he's on his third team this season, because Wilmer Font looked bad. He I, Again, he just got knocked around the park. Only only two strikes looking out of twenty two pitches. That's that's not good. That's that's unacceptable. So Wilmer Thon- Wilmer Font going out there and just being terrible. And and really letting Cleveland put that game away the way it did. Just it it was it was not cool to watch. And and honestly it probably would have been the same. Had that fan not, you know, Superman dived over the fence for a foul ball, which, you know, friendly public service announcement. Stop doing that. It doesn't, it makes you look really stupid. Like, they'll tell you if a ball is not in play. So freaking watch. Don't, don't be foolish enough to, to basically like belly flop the barricade in effort to get a ball that you can buy for 10 bucks. Like, like that. They, they should have netting down to the foul pole now in every stadium. This would be a happy side effect to just prevent fans from doing that kind of stupid stuff in the ballpark. So that ticked me off. Just, 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 you are not a part of this game. Do not try to make yourself a part of this game. It's, it's absolutely just asinine to be doing that. Again, Probably wouldn't have mattered because uh, Ramirez probably would have scored on that play. And he ended up scoring anyway. Bowers ended up scoring, so whatever. But Font didn't look good. And that's a shame because without Giles and Hudson in there, in the bullpen, who are the Blue Jays going to turn to in in late innings? 
we floated Jordan Romano, but Jordan Romano has been injured in Buffalo. So there's, there's no sign that he's going to be fully ready to, to come up and, and maintain that role. Is it going to be Joe Biagini? He seems to be better suited as a six, seventh inning guy. Um, he lost his eighth inning job to Daniel Hudson. So he's not someone you want to rely on in that capacity. Um, David Phelps could be traded as well. So he's not a great option. Sam Gavilio has turned back to Sam Gavilio. Tim Mays is your only lefty. You're not going to use him. So is it a guy like Justin Schaefer? I, I wouldn't count on Schaefer in a closing role, despite the ERA. It's it's very friendly for him. He's He's been walking a lot of batters. His fielding independent pitching is almost two and a half runs higher than his current ERA. So I wouldn't rely on Schaefer for that. It's it's going to be very tough to watch. And, and when you look at Buffalo and, and try and find someone there that you think can come up and be a closer if Jordan Romano is not ready, then it, it's, it is a little tough to look at and, and try and piece together who that guy could be. Like, like you look at guys like Zach Jackson, who is still walking a lot of guys, but he's he's a high strikeout kind of pitcher, which is what you want in that back end. Um, a guy like Kirby Sneed, who's been effective at limiting batters, getting on base, but still gives up too many hits to really be an effective closer. There's not a guy you can point to and say he's going to be the guy who shuts the door for the Blue Jays. And, like, like there's not... There's not much help on the injured list either. Like it's not going to be Elvis Luciano coming in and closing games. That that's just not not going to be a thing. We'll see Elvis again in September because he has to come back in September so the Blue Jays can keep him. But it it puts the Blue Jays in an awkward position. And and if they're going to keep coming running guys like Wilmer Font and Derek Law out there, it's going to be just as bad watching the bullpen for the rest of the season as it has been watching the rotation a lot of the time. So just prepare yourselves for that and, and get ready for a lot of growing pants and probably a lot more Wilmer fonts because the Blue Jays are going to keep, keep riding that wheel, that, that DFA wheel and, and bringing guys in like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they're looking up Matt Harvey right now. Which sounds terrifying, just given how he's performed. But that's where the Blue Jays find themselves, especially if they decimate their pitching staff with these trades, which they're going to do, because it's a smart thing to do, especially with the relievers. So it, it's it's going to be at a point where it's just, you know, grab the wheel and hold on. And get get ready for more pitchers that are going to be thrown into um, that they actually pitched for the Blue Jays kind of game that I, I think is a little little interesting to play was like one of these days I'm gonna do that on the podcast just like have have a did this guy play for the Blue Jays or not because there there are some interesting names that are actually on that list. So, and um, 
Matt Harvey could get a look. Derek Holland could get a look since he's been designated by the Giants. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. So we will leave you with that. Um, enjoy the off day tonight. I know these have been rare for the Blue Jays lately, but gives people a chance to catch their breath and and just kind of kind of breathe and assess the situation and and reflect. So that's what we did here today. Hope you're doing it as well. If you want to join me in reflection or if you're bored and just want to talk baseball, follow me on Twitter at AJ Andrews. Just replace the periods with underscores because Twitter is silly. Follow the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe at Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Jays so you don't miss an episode. And we will be back with Blue Jays Fan Friday tomorrow. Um, I, I have an idea what I think we're going to talk about, but we'll see where the wind blows with y'all on Twitter. So for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.